This, uh, this week I was able to uh, catch a few minutes of uh, a movie on television uh, called Inception. It was a movie that was made uh, several years ago, and everybody told me that uh, before you watch this movie, you have to know that you have to watch the movie twice before you can really understand it. And that seemed like a lot of investment to me for one movie. Uh, but I was able to do that, and, uh, and it was a really good movie. But what the movie talks about is it talks about dreams and, and the, re- the relationship between dreams and reality. And in fact, what I read about the movie was that the writer intentionally wanted you to leave the movie scratching your head, wondering what is actually a dream and what is a reality. And in some ways, that's what what dreams do for us. They are similar to reality, but they often have a unique twist. And the dream that we're about to read in the Scriptures is really no different. Uh, If you've been with us uh, through the Advent season, you know that we are looking at dreams and visions that are contained in the Bible. And what we've learned is that God often uses uh, the avenue of dreams or visions in order to to speak or communicate to his people. And when he does, he reveals elements of his character uh, and elements of his will as well. We've looked at uh, Jacob's dream, we've looked at Joseph's dream, and this morning we are going to look at Daniel's dream uh, from Daniel chapter 7. And I think if you were to ask Daniel if he would describe this as a dream, he would say, no, that was not a dream, that was actually a nightmare. And we're going to read that together uh, from Daniel chapter 7. I'm only going to read about half of it because it does go long, uh, but I'm going to read verse, verses 1 uh, to 14, and then I'm going to wrap it up uh, with verse 28. Uh, the, God's Word says this, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up out of the sea different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then I looked at I, then as I looked its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man and the mind of a man was given to it And behold another beast a second one like a bear it was raised up on one side it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth and it was told arise devour much flesh After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth that devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns." I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. 
His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued from it and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of great words that the horn was speaking, and as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire." As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. And then verse 28, here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would uh, open our eyes Uh, to see uh, you in your word, open our eyes to help us to see your presence that is here even with us this morning, Father. We need your spirit uh, to speak to our hearts today, so we invite your spirit to come. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, I don't have to tell you, you just heard this dream, but this dream certainly is a colorful one. It is a a mysterious kaleidoscope that is full of all sorts of pictures and all sorts of images. And we could really spend all day unpacking all the images that are captured in this dream. But what I'd like to do is just focus on three specific images of this dream and hopefully see what they mean for us. I'd like to look at at what is this, this picture of these four beasts and what does that mean? What is this picture of the ancient? of days. And finally, what is this picture of the Son of Man? Uh, But the first image I'd like to look at are these these four kind of mysterious beasts that we read about in this very bizarre dream. They're, of course, unlike anything that you and I have ever observed or experienced in life. Uh, The first beast, uh, the passage tells us, was a lion, but it was a lion that had wings of an eagle. It tells us about that in verse 4. Uh, the second image is about a bear, and that bear has, has flesh in its mouth that it has devoured. The next beast is a leopard, a leopard-like creature that has four wings on its back, and if that isn't bizarre enough, it actually has four heads to it as well. And the last beast that is the strongest and the most terrifying, the passage tells us, has iron teeth and, and ten horns on it. Horns were a symbol of kingship in the ancient world, and what the dream tells us is that that one of those horns was plucked, and it was given the eyes of a man and a mouth that said great things. It says that in verse 8. What's interesting about each one of these beasts is that one devours the other. One comes, is bizarre, and, and has dominion, and then is devoured by another beast that comes just after it. Now, just imagine for yourself what Daniel must have been thinking as he observed all of these things in his dreams. 
You understand why he says uh, in verse 28 at the end that his thoughts greatly alarmed him and his color changed. He was scared to death by this dream. It literally turned him as white as a ghost as he dreamt this dream. And he had to wonder, just like you and I do as we read this, what this dream meant. Well, in verse 15 uh, that we didn't get a chance to read, uh, Daniel receives somewhat of an interpretation for his dreams. I say somewhat because the interpretation is almost just as dreamlike as the actual dream itself. But what he does here in verse 17 is this, that these four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. Now, for centuries, people have been trying to figure out what these dreams are and what these four beasts are and what they mean. And a lot of scholars have, have mapped on the, the meaning of these beasts to uh, kingdoms that have happened in history. The first beast represented the Babylonian kingdom and its empire. This was the empire that was ruling the day that captured Daniel and carried God's people into exile. This was the, the king that was reigning when Daniel had this dream. The second beast represented the the Medo-Persian Empire who ended up conquering the Babylonians later on in history. The third beast, that leopard-like creature, represented the Greek Empire that came and conquered. And then finally, that fourth and most powerful beast represented the Roman Empire that came and established itself in the ancient world. Now, we don't know for sure if these are the exact interpretations of all of these beasts, but what we can do is we can understand at least the point that was behind all of it. That is that kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. No human power, ultimately, at the end of the day, is sovereign or invincible. One of my uh, favorite shows to watch comes on uh, Sunday nights on CNN. It's called um, uh, Parts Unknown, uh, and it's uh, a show by a man named Anthony Bourdain who travels all throughout the world and, uh, and visits cities and then kind of reports back about them and about their culture and about their cuisine. And uh, I like to catch the show, but I was only able to catch about 10 minutes of it this past Sunday. But what uh, I caught, I really enjoyed because uh, Anthony Bourdain was, was traveling into uh, the city of Rome. And of course, we all know that Rome at one point was, was the center of the world. It was the center of the Roman Empire, one of the, the greatest empires known in human history. It was the most extensive political, uh, cultural, and, and social structure that has been known to Western civilization. But now, it largely lies in ruins. In fact, in the show, uh, Bourdain sat down uh, with one family, and the family had a bunch of kids, and and he started talking to one of the kids. I think the kid was about five years old, and he said, what is it like to every day to drive by the Colosseum on your way to school, to see this, this huge building that was once the center of the ancient world, and the little five year old just shrugged her shoulders as if she didn't even really care or didn't even really notice what she drove past every day. You see, even the Colosseum is a simple vestige of a kingdom that was long gone. You see, Daniel got a powerful sense that kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. 
that what you and I deem to be so powerful and so strong can be gone in the blink of an eye. And what's true of of what happens in history on a global scale can also be true for you and I personally. You and I can work to, to build our own kingdoms. We can build up our resumes. We can build up our houses. We can build up our reputations and our 401ks. And yet the truth is all of those things can be gone in the blink of an eye. Life can be so unpredictable. It often struggles to make sense. Wealth and success and fame can be so transient. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. You see, you and I like to think that we have all the elements of our life under control, but at the end of the day, we don't. And when we really come to terms with that fact, it can scare us to death. But fortunately, Daniel's dream doesn't end there. Instead, he gets a very vivid picture of what stands behind all of those kings and all of those kingdoms because he gets a great picture of the ancient of days. It says this in verse 9, his clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out before him. A thousand thousands served him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were open. You see, Daniel saw something that was far greater, a far greater power that stands behind all human kings and all kingdoms. He caught a glimpse of the God Most High. And in this picture, he saw one of complete purity of holiness, of power, and of strength, and of judgment. In eternity, this God pre-existed all other kings and kingdoms, and He will exist long after all of them are gone. You see, life can seem so unpredictable to you and I, but it's not to Him. Our kingdoms rise and fall, but He will remain forever. Our lives and our world can seem so out of control, but He has ultimate control and sovereignty. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father. You see, Daniel was overwhelmed by the sheer transcendence and awesome power of God, so no other earthly kingdom could ever compare. But just as Daniel is as overwhelmed by the awesome power of, of this ancient of days, his heart then becomes captured by another image that he observes in his dream. It is the image of the Son of Man. It says this in verse 13, With the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall never pass away, and his kingdom one that shall never be destroyed. See, what Daniel receives is a vision 
of the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man, establishing a kingdom that will never, ever be destroyed, one that will never pass away. This is God the Father in all of His glory and power, and God the Son in all of His humanity. You see, when Jesus was on earth, He also used this image. He spoke about the Son of Man who would come in glory and in power and in judgment. He said that when the Son of Man came, He would come at the end of all things riding on a cloud. But He also said something much more bold than all those other things. He said this in John chapter 8. He said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. You see, Jesus is the Son of Man that Daniel dreamt about. Jesus, in His humanity, came to establish His kingdom. He came once in humility, and He will come again in glory. He was the unlikely king who came to establish his kingdom in the most unlikely of ways. You see, his kingdom would not be established by crushing others like we saw in that dream. His kingdom would be established by allowing himself to be crushed. The sign of his kingdom was his own crucifixion. His life was offered to break the power of sin and death, which was our greatest foe. His kingdom was established through sacrifice. Galatians 4 says this, But when the fullness of time come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. You see, the Son of God took on the title of the Son of Man. He came as a baby. He walked among us. He gave His life on our behalf. And now He is seated with authority, with God the Father, the Ancient of Days. And what the Scriptures tell us is that you and I live in an in-between time. We live in between the two Advents. In the first advent, Christ came in humility and in humanity. And in Christ's second advent, He will come in glory. So what should our response be to a dream like this? We've been asking that as we, as we look at all these dreams throughout the Scriptures. When we looked at, at Jacob's advent dream, we saw that our response should be to worship God Most High. As we looked at Joseph's Advent dream, we saw that our response should be to treat God like the king that he truly is. So what should be our response to this dream, to to Daniel's Advent dream? And I think our response is very simple. Our response should be to rest. To rest in the kingship of Jesus Christ. You see, in Jesus, the Son of Man, we rest in His work on our behalf. We are not left on our own to overcome the problem of sin and death. His death and sacrifice was enough to pave the way back to God. We don't have to work to add to our salvation. Christ accomplished it for us. 
We no longer need to strive to to work to earn our way back to God. We no longer need to fear the judgment that we deserve because of our sin. Instead, we rest in the finished work of Jesus on our behalf. But also in Jesus, the Son of God, we rest in His dominion and in His control. Because at the end of the day, there are no surprises with God. No kingdom, no president, no superpower is bigger than He is. He is in control of all things. See, this dream had to mean something really powerful for Daniel. Daniel was a young man when the Babylonians came in and captured him and carried him into exile. He'd lived as a slave for his entire life to a foreign king in an ancient world that seemed very strange to him. Many think he'd been a slave for over 50 years when he had had this dream. But this dream reminded him that no matter what, God is the one who is enthroned. Friends, the unpredictability of life is a reality that all of us have to contend with day in and day out. We kid ourselves into thinking that we are in control, but we are not. Everything in your life and my life can change in an instant, in the blink of an eye. Everything that we've worked for could be gone just like that. And that fact can scare you and I to death. We can be beset by worry and anxiety because of that. We can allow our fears to keep us up at night to steal our sleep away. Or we can rest. You and I can rest in a God who is both all-powerful and all-loving. We can find rest in that baby born to Mary and Joseph the king who is enthroned. Let's pray.